Welcome in. This is Defeating the Curse post-game show. Washington football team post-game show. We finally get to talk about a win on this show after so many, it feels like forever, we've been talking about losers and if they just do this and they just do that, maybe we'll get somewhere. Maybe we'll get a little bit closer. Who knows? I got my new hat. Maybe it's my lucky hat. I, I don't know. But whatever I did today, I'm going to continue to do because frankly, I don't know if they could. the offense could have played any better than they played today. The defense, a lot of questions. We're going to get through a lot of content here in the next 40 minutes or so. So start a stopwatch if you got one. Uh, I, I, I got to start with the big stuff. Okay, the big stuff. I'm born and raised in Washington, D.C. or in the suburbs of Washington, D.C. Right now I'm sitting here broadcasting you know, from Fairfax County. We're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on YouTube. If you're watching the show, feel free to send in comments. I'll do my best to get it on the screen. I'll do my best to include it in the show and we'll talk about it. I've been watching this team my entire my entire life. I've been paying attention really my entire adult life. And this is probably, I mean, I can count meaningful wins on one hand over the last several years. Certainly the, the better part of last season counts for sure. Obviously they, they made the playoffs. This game felt like a must win. And earlier this week, we talked about, you know, Coach Ron Rivera and some of the sound bites. Oh, well, it's not a must win. Every game's a must win. Statistically, it's not a must win, et cetera, et cetera. The reality is they had to do this. They had to go into Atlanta and win. There isn't that many bad teams or average teams left on the Washington football team schedule where they can just sometimes get one or, or not get one. Like the next couple of weeks, and it's, I'm already starting to look ahead here. We got the Saints at home. We got the Chiefs at home. And then we're on the roads. You know, we're on the road to the Packers. So like we can't, there isn't that many more games that are truly a toss-up. This was one of them. I'm very happy they went and got the win. Again, the on the offensive side of the ball, they looked really good. On the defensive side of the ball, they didn't look so good. And, and there were some questionable calls, but you know what? A win is a win. This 2-2, two and two, and I got to be honest about this as well, we're sitting here talking about a 2-2 two and two team that's in the mix, obviously, for the NFC East. It feels like a 1-3 and three team. Honestly, we could be sitting here talking about an 0-4 team, right? I mean, if the Giants don't jump off sides, if a couple things go differently today, we're sitting here with no wins. So we'll take it, and I'm going to try to focus on some of the positives, because, and I think there was a good amount of positives, and I, I think there's some building, there's some things that the team can build on here moving forward, but, you know, there was a lot of things that did not go well, they, that didn't go well. You know, so from the top, if you were paying attention to our Twitter or some of our, our pregame shows or, or our preview shows this week, Keys to the game. The defense had to get right immediately. D-line had to play better. Had to get more pressure. Matt Ioannidis helped with that. Deron Payne looked better today. Chase looked okay. He didn't quite look like the Chase that we need, but he looked better. He, look, he definitely looked better. The questionable call late in the game, You know, I don't know how... I mean, we can... For me, I was upset that Chase didn't just wrap him up and drill him into the ground. And ironically, had he actually tackled him, if, if Chase had actually tackled Matt Ryan, he wouldn't have been flagged for accidentally, I don't know, using his forearm and getting into his chin. I, I don't know what that call was. His knee was clearly down. Just a bad call all around. We, we the Washington football team, definitely got a makeup call the next possession. I think the refs realized that they really, really screwed that one up. Chase looked better. We talked about time of possession. We said, hey, this team, if they really want to do something, they got to get right from an offensive, uh, from a time of possession perspective. And they did that today. They, they looked better. Again, almost an even split. 
between the two teams, they, they looked better. I, I, I mean, offensively, again, they just looked better. 412 total yards for the, for the football team versus 374 for the Falcons. I felt like the majority of that 374 came in the first half. Passing yards, Taylor played better. 290 passing yards. Matt Ryan, 275. Again, it felt like Matt, it felt like Matt Ryan had all of his yards in the first half. Rushing yards, Washington got right, and that was our third key to the game. Going into the game, we said, hey, Gibson, J.D. McKissick, whoever, you're going to have to run the ball if you want to control the clock. They did that today. Again, they played better. They played better offensively. Yards per play. I didn't even realize it was over six and a half yards per play. This is just straight from Google. I mean, I'm just pulling up a box score and talking through it. I watched every second of the game. I got, I got seven pages of notes that I want to I talk through. The team, overall, they played better. But if I bet you at the beginning of the show, or if I went on and just bet you, hey, which team, which team had more first downs? Everybody would guess Atlanta. Nope. Washington, 26 to 24. Third down efficiency. Atlanta had went 10 for 16. And I, I, I was tweeting this during the game. If there's a statistic out there for defenses that get scored on, on third down, this team is on pace to crush that, whatever it is. We get scored on all the time. The football team gets just, they get drilled on third down. They, can, they give up a lot of third downs. Obviously, Atlanta went 10 for 16 today. I think four of those were touchdowns. Four of the 16 were touchdowns. That's, I mean, that's something that, that you know, Del Rio and the rest of the coaching staff has to look at. Like, not only are we can't get off the field, we're giving up scores. We're giving up points on third down consistently, consistently. They still allowed Atlanta run 71 plays. A couple of those were garbage. One-to-one as far as sacks. Punts, Tressway. I don't think he had a punt in the third or fourth quarter. Pretty impressive. All right. I mean, the offense found its groove. Taylor found his groove. Taylor started running, started peeking in the backfield. Oh, there's no one defensively. No one's, no one's shadowing me. Okay. I'll take seven yards up the middle. I'll take 15 yards to the side. Sure. Why not? Why not? You know, hat tip to him. He looked, he looked better. Still a couple crazy throws. A couple throws that I'm sure he would want back. A couple that maybe should have been picked off too. But 30 minutes of possession, that's what you needed to see from this team after what happened in Buffalo last week. And again, they, they looked better. But those were the keys going into the game. Defense has to get right. Time of possession needs to be, needs to be improved. They did, they did both of those. Uh, Taylor Heineke needs to limit the mistakes and run when needed or run when given the opportunity to run, meaning the defense has given him something. He did that too. You know, maybe create one or two turnovers. They didn't quite get there. It was close on a couple plays. But, you know, maybe they didn't get that one. But the first three, they hit. They hit, and they got to win. They got to win. They got to leave Atlanta with a victory. And you know what? We'll take it. We'll take it. You know, going into the game again, just some of the stuff that was being discussed on, on local airwaves and the, the broadcast show, Washington football team 4-6-1 and one in, uh, all time in, in Atlanta. Last one was in 2003 when Patrick Ramsey was slinging the ball, if you, can, if you were alive back then. Uh, six straight losses to Atlanta. They correct all of those things. In the Giants game, they gave up 70 plays. They did that again today. They gave up a ton of plays in the Chargers game. They gave up a ton of plays, obviously, to Buffalo. They allowed 71. More importantly, in the losses, Washington's only run 48 on an average. In those, in those losses leading up to this point, they had only run 48 plays. The offense being able to run 62 offensive plays, that, that, is, that is a substantial improvement over the, the, previous, the, the previous outings. 
Del Rio got a little bit more creative with his defense, but overall, still very vanilla. Still very vanilla. There's a lot of quarters, a lot of quarters on third and long, a lot of man on third and short. Atlanta, especially early in the game, just seemed to get whatever they wanted consistently. Just consistently. Boom, boom, boom. Move the chains, move the chains, move the chains. You know, and and really, there was a couple things that caught my eye that I want to talk about too. That stadium is kind of cool. Looks kind of weird from the outside, you know, with all the crazy angles. Only Washington goes to Atlanta and they say, hey, the weather looks okay. They open the dome. You think it's going to be fresh air. All the players start looking up. Oh, it's kind of bright. We got to get adjusted. Okay, that's unfair for both teams. Then it starts raining. Only the Washington football team goes to Atlanta in an indoor facility and has to deal with rain. And on Twitter, I don't know if this is true, so I need to verify this, but I will share with you what I saw. They weren't set up for rain. They don't travel with alternate cleats to a domed stadium. That's an interesting little nugget. Things got a little sloppy towards the end of the first half. Maybe it was the rain. Maybe it was something else. I I don't know. But only Washington, only this franchise, ends up going to a domed facility and prepping for a dome and having to play in the rain. I, I, I don't know what, I don't know how you do that. I don't know how that happens. But of course, we're the football team. That's what happens here. Third and short, again, a problem for this team. A problem all day long today as well. I mean, things settled down a little bit in the second half. But, you know, to start the game, those are the things I was watching. I was watching. I was watching the team. I was watching. I was actually shocked. And I was shocked that the stadium, not only was it not full, it was closer to empty, and it was loud with football team fans. It was really loud. I mean, the football team was well represented in Atlanta. And some of the folks that we had on the show, we were, you know, tweeting back and forth in real time and a couple DMs here and there. They said, this is typical. You know, we're not the only team. DC is not the only, you know, the only team that that suffers from being, you know, overrun by by outsiders, by fans coming in from other places. Well, I didn't expect it to be that loud. I didn't expect Atlanta to have to deal with their own with their own building being a problem for them. But as the game wore on, yeah, those Washington football team fans got louder and louder and they looked they sounded a little bit louder and it looked like a, like Atlanta maybe was struggling just a little bit at times. Just a very weird thing. Like I I it's not common for me to be on this side of that equation, so to speak. You know, first quarter starts off Atlanta running a hybrid, hybrid, non-hurry up but quick offense is something I noted in my notes that they were consistently in and out of the huddle in the first quarter in about 12 to 15 seconds and were, you know, Matt Ryan was under center or in shotgun with about 14 seconds left on the play clock. That's an interesting little nugget from, from my perspective. That's something that you practice all week. That's something that's where you, you, you know, when you're Atlanta and you have a quarterback like Matt Ryan, you want him up at the line. You want him to get a good look at that defense and not have to snap the ball right away. And when you're an average to below average defense, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to tip your hand too early in the count. You're going to show up and, you know, you're, you're going to ease off the line when you shouldn't. You're going to tip your hand and, and Matt picked them apart. That first quarter was not pretty if you're a football team fan. It just wasn't. You think, okay, well, they're going to settle down a little bit. That, that opening drive, again, if you're a football team fan, you're thinking, hey, we can't allow this team, a very average Falcons team, to drive the field and score six. This trend has to end. And I, I give them a little bit of credit. The defense didn't give up six. They gave up three. We got the ball back. or We started, our, I guess, our first possession with an opportunity to drive. 
Didn't get anything. On third and three, okay, first down, not so great. Second down, not so great. Curtis Samuel comes into the game. First play as a football team member, converts a third down. He converted a third down. He converted two third downs and a fourth down today. And I don't think the team wins without those conversions. I mean, obviously, they probably don't because the, the, those two third and third down drives end. But he has very reliable hands, and that's something that this team needs outside of you know number 17. And we'll talk about him in a second. Atlanta, after the end of the first quarter, I put a note down. Atlanta ends quarter with over 10 minutes of possession. Again, if you're a football team fan, that's not something you want to see. That's not something you want to hear, but that was the reality. They just, they had the ball. I mean, Washington couldn't stay on the field. They converted the first possession, third down. They didn't any, after, there wasn't anything after that. Okay. They, they were starting to find a rhythm. I'm trying, I'm trying to be positive. They were trying to find a rhythm. Atlanta looked good coming out of the gate. Cordero Patterson looked like somebody who was unguardable. He looked awesome. For those that play fantasy, he, you know, in Yahoo and ESPN, he's listed as a running back wide receiver because he can do both, and he's pretty good at both. And I know he's been tossed around the league. It seems like he's found a nice spot in Atlanta. And, if, and more importantly, it seems like Matt Ryan is comfortable utilizing him in that Swiss Army knife type of role. He looked great. I mean, he torched the Washington football team today. I mean, he, he, it doesn't matter who was covering him. He was able to run effectively. He was able to obviously catch the ball effectively. He stretched the field. He looked great. And I'm not really sure why Atlanta got away from that as the game wore on. You know, it's something we can look in. I'm going to rewatch the game probably late tonight. Oh, actually, I probably won't watch it late tonight because late tonight we have, um, we have a good one on TV. Tom Brady going back to, uh, to New England. But at some point, I'm going to rewatch the game and see why Cordero Patterson didn't factor in as much in the second half. Going into the second quarter, Washington goes for it on a fourth and one handoff to Gibson. Doesn't convert. He got tripped up behind the line. The leaky O-line, the leaky O-line play just, it was shaky. It was shaky at best today. I mean, I don't know what else to say. It was shaky at best and losing Brandon Sheriff. You know, fingers crossed it's not too serious. That's going to be an interesting one too. The rain, the rain comes in the second quarter. Dome's open. Rain comes down. And suddenly things look a little iffy. Atlanta gets the ball back. They take advantage on a two and three, extremely soft coverage. And and look, Matt Ryan looked like he put everything he had to throw the ball deep to Cordero Patterson. Cordero stopped running to catch it. That's how out of position the Washington football team secondary was. Just didn't, again, just did not look good early in the game. Washington gets the ball back. It was a scare, a scare on the, there was a scare after the long touchdown on the ensuing kickoff. There was a, what looked like a fumble. It didn't end up being a fumble. Washington then drives the field. McLaurin catches a very nice touchdown pass from, from Taylor Heineke to the right side, to the left side, sorry, for 33 yards on third down. Heineke looked good on that play. He held the safety in the center. He looked he just held him, and then he looked left and fired. And McLaurin went up and made a good catch. Atlanta gets the ball back. Montez Sweat gets a sack. Chase looks a little bit more active. I mean, again, there was they say, they seemed to start finding just a little bit of a rhythm, and it was just they couldn't they couldn't put two or three consistent defensive plays together. That that was the sense I got. It was very jerky. The team they looked gassed towards the end of this towards the end of the half, and then ultimately. 
this is the drive that went that I went crazy with, and I ended up rewinding it and actually watching it a couple of times just to write this down. So on so McLaurin scores a touchdown, Atlanta gets the ball back, they do nothing. We get the ball back. The football team gets the ball back. The football team is driving. Taylor Heineke tucks the ball and runs on a first and 10 for 15 yards, takes the ball inside the five-yard line. He looked like he was going to dive again, which was, I mean, he loves diving for that pylon, but he didn't do it. And then, okay, they didn't get it. Defensive holding. Washington gets a first and goal on the, the two Gibson smashes at home. Score a touchdown. Here comes Hopkins. Now, I'm going to try to remain calm. I'm going to try to remain calm. Dustin Hopkins, if you ever listen to this, I don't understand why every, I don't understand why you have no confidence in yourself. You can just tell sometimes when he's going up there to kick that he's going to miss it or it's going to be extremely close. And every time he misses it, he misses it to the right. In the Giants game, if not for that, you know, jump off sides, he misses the game winning field goal to the right. Today, he misses two extra points, both to the right. The first one being right before the half. Ball goes back to Atlanta. Atlanta gets stopped on first and second down. And here, just listen to this sequence of plays. On third and eight, Matt Ryan targets Calvin Ridley. Pass interference. Bails out the Falcons. They were backed up in their own space. Nope, nope. Tori McIntyre gets gets called for pass interference. 30-yard gain. Net 30-yard gain. First and second down. Falcons are stopped. Third and five, Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley, converts. One minute to go in the half. First down, stop. Second down, stop. Third down, third and 13. Third and 13, Matt Ryan targets targets Calvin Ridley. Converts again for a first down. Third and 13, Calvin Ridley, first down. 27 seconds to go. Defense at this point, they know what's coming. They know what's coming. First down, stop. Second down, six-yard gain. Third and four, Matt Ryan targets Cordero Patterson out of the, back, out of the backfield. Landon Collins, totally in the wrong position. And you, you could excuse this one because this was a brilliant offensive play. Cordero makes the catch and carries a bunch of defenders into the end zone as well. 14 seconds remaining in the half. Washington receives the kickoff. Takes a knee, halftime. Third downs. Four third downs in a row. Third and eight, Ryan to Ridley. Pass interference. Third and five, Ryan to Ridley. First down. Third and 13, Ryan to Ridley. First down. 27 seconds to go. Third and four, Ryan to Patterson. Touchdown. If you're the Washington football team, with under a minute to go in the second half, you cannot allow this to happen. You can't. Good defenses don't allow, average defenses don't allow this to happen. A, a supposed elite defense, no way can you allow something like this to happen. That's just, there's no way. Like, you cannot allow that. You can't allow that to happen. Atlanta finishes the first half with 205 yards, their best performance in a, in a half all season long. What can you say? What can you say? Washington, they flashed a statistic at, at the, uh, just at the beginning of the uh um, of the third quarter. Washington is 3-11 all-time when trailing at half since, uh, since the beginning of last year. But, but, things start to change. Things are starting to change. 
kickoff. Second half kickoff. DeAndre Carter with a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful 101-yard touchdown. And good for him. He's been consistent. He's been playing great. He deserves that touchdown. And then late in the fourth quarter, he made a great grab over the center as well. DeAndre Carter, hat tip to you. What a way to start, you know, with an easy six. And Taylor's on the sideline and pumping his hand. Great, great, great special teams play. Here comes Hopkins. Here comes Hopkins. Easy, right? We got an easy six. Everyone's happy. All right, Dustin's going to come out here knocking the extra point, right? Nope. Misses to the right. That's two points that we really need when you're a below average team, which I think we are ultimately. You know, the numbers are what the numbers are. We're two and two. We could easily be an 0 and 4, but Hopkins misses his second on the day. All right, Atlanta gets the ball back. Atlanta's driving. Atlanta stalls. Atlanta stalls hard. Third down, Matt Ryan. Guess who's targeting? Calvin Ridley. Who's in coverage? William Jackson, the third. What happens? Pass interference. Boom. Well, here we go. Momentum shifts yet again. Jamin Davis, a couple plays later, holds up. I forget what the tight end's name, what the tight end's name is for the uh, for the Falcons. He holds him up, not Pitts, the other one. Holds him up, causes a fumble. We think causes a fumble. It's not a fumble, even though Cole Holcomb picked it up. Apparently, there was a whistle on the field. I didn't hear the whistle. I mean, I'm watching on TV. I'm not there. I don't know. Looked like it could have been a toss-up play. They said forward momentum stopped him. All right, fine. Next play, Tim Settle. Welcome back, Tim Settle. Virginia Tech's Tim Settle. Great, great play all day long from Tim Settle. Anytime he was on the field, he looked good. He looked good. Ultimately, the defense forces a third and 13. And what happens on third and 13? This is going to be a reoccurring nightmare here for the Washington football team. Third and 13, third quarter, third and 13. Matt Ryan targets Cordero Patterson. Left end zone, Atlanta, six points. To end the half, they gave up four third down plays, including a touchdown throw. To start the third with their first possession, I should say, in the third quarter, again, the defense is, is able to get Atlanta into a, uh, into a somewhat precarious position, right? Third and long. Matt Ryan just steps up. Who's my guy? Cordero Patterson, third and three. This team gets killed on third downs. Football team gets destroyed on third downs. And again, it's not just that they can't get off the field. It's not that they, just, they can't just get stops. They're giving up points. They're giving up touchdowns on third down consistently. Varying length, varying degrees. The first one from Cordero, the, from Ryan to Patterson was like a 40-yard duck bomb. It was a terrible throw. Cordero had to stop running to get it. These, this team gives up so many points on third down. It's, out, it's just incredible, incredible. Atlanta then goes for two. Jonathan Allen, credit to Jonathan Allen, falls back into coverage, breaks up the play. Atlanta's up 23-19 at that point. Hopkins has missed two for anyone that's keeping track. He's missed two to this point. Fast forward a little bit. Washington finds himself in a fourth and five. Curtis Samuel comes through again. Curtis Samuel is really good to see him out there. No go routes for Curtis Samuel that I saw. But you know what? Converted two third downs and a fourth, this one being a really important one as well. Third and goal, Taylor Heineke, terrible pass. Almost gets picked off. Okay. Okay. I mean, what, what can you say? And then you fast forward just a little bit into the next Atlanta possession. 
On fourth and two, I don't know how to describe this play to anybody who didn't see it. You just need to watch it. If Chase tackles Matt Ryan, he gets a solo sack, which he desperately needs, by the way, to calm people like me down that it wasn't that last year wasn't a fluke. He doesn't go for a wrap-up tackle. Instead, he does this like weird forearm shove thing. As if, you know, Matt Ryan, I know Matt Ryan is is closer to a statue than like, you know, uh, I mean, he's not Michael Vick. He's not going to run away from him. And and I guess to Chase's credit, the forearm shimmy shove thing, it did cause him to lose his balance and fall to his knee and then throw what would have been an interception. But if Chase just plays basic football and just wraps the guy up and drills him into the ground, he's not going to get flagged. He's not going to get flagged for, flagged for roughing the passer. Instead, he he does whatever he did, and it's a roughing, like, only, again, only to the football team does stuff like this happen. I don't know how that's a pass interference call, and I don't know how Dean Blandino, I don't know how the broadcasting crew, which was, I, I didn't have high hopes for them. I don't know how they don't ask him about that. It was such a terrible call. It was such a terrible call, and I guarantee, I guarantee, if the game goes a different way, That's all we're going to be talking about all week. That's all we're going to be talking about all week. If the game ends with a Washington football team loss, then we're not sitting here talking about it was a fluky thing and Chase can get right. We're talking about, hey, Chase cost them the game by not making a tackle that he was capable of making against a a quarterback who doesn't move. Extremely frustrating to watch. If I'm Jack Del Rio or or any of the offensive players on the sideline, you got to pull Chase aside and say, look, you know, you're Chase and you want to be the star and whatever. Stars make plays. Stars wrap up quarterbacks that can't run and drill them into the ground. They don't shove them. It's extremely frustrating. Extremely frustrating. And again, the call goes against Washington. All right. Okay. Fast forward, you know, I mean, not to mention, that was on a fourth down, right? So that was a fourth down penalty. So if Chase does nothing, if Chase doesn't touch him at all, that pass is probably incomplete anyway. Or Ryan scrambles. He's not going to get two yards running. Washington gets the ball back. Like, you couldn't have asked for a better position to be in as a Falcons fan to have fourth and two and then get that call at that time. But what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Jump into the fourth quarter, first play, Mike Davis. Apparently no one told him that this guy's got legs the size of like, you know, minivans. He just carried the entire team into the end zone to score a touchdown to start the fourth quarter. You look great. You look great. John Bostic, not so great. John Bostic had him wrapped up for probably a two-yard loss behind the line of scrimmage. Couldn't, couldn't bring him down. Couldn't bring him down. Turns into a touchdown. Oh, and by the way, that was on third and three. So for anyone, again, keeping keeping score, that would be four touchdowns on third down so far in this game that the, that the football team has given up. Fast forward a little bit more. Brandon Sheriff goes down with the knee injury. On third and three. On third and three, Washington football team needs three yards They throw a minus two-yard route, a naked screen, two yards behind the line of scrimmage. Why? 
Anybody? I, I, I will never understand this play call. It's been here since Steve Spurrier was the, 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 off, the, the head coach. If you need three yards, you need to throw the ball at least three yards. We're not good enough to throw it two yards and insist that the offensive player catch it and then generate something from it. We're not that team. We're not that team. So if you need three, you got to throw it three minimum. We threw it negative two. Ten minutes left. Well, at that point, sorry, there was 12.46 or so left in the game at that point. Atlanta ends up getting the ball back on third and seven. Third and seven. Matt Ryan targets Calvin Ridley. Pass interference. I don't know what was going on there. It definitely was pass interference. You could tell the refs maybe just put, they said, hey, you know what, we, we screwed up the one before with Chase and Ryan. Just don't call it. Let it go. So they get off the field on third and seven. Washington gets the ball back with 10 minutes to go. Taylor has a couple nice runs on the next drive on second and seven, 10-yard gain. On second and 16, McLaurin catches a first down. On third and nine, on third and nine, JD does something super special, right? Super special. Catch, spin, lunge. Keep the drive alive. Keep the drive alive. On first and 10, Heineke gets drilled and throws a horrible pass into the end zone. That McLaurin bails him out. Catches. Still six. Still six. Then the fun starts. You need two because your kickers missed two extra points. False start on the two-point attempt. Sam Cosme. Otherwise, played really well. All right. Reload from the eight this time. No good. But flag against Atlanta. Atlanta's offsides. Okay. This is what bad teams do. It's our third attempt now to get us two-point conversion. All right. Four-yard line this time. No good. Too high. Taylor consistently throws balls high. Hopkins consistently misses field goals to the right. Maybe that's what I'll call this uh, post-game show. High and to the right. Because clockwork. Clockwork. Atlanta gets the ball back. Atlanta gets the ball back. On third and nine... They don't convert. They don't have a punter. So Washington's got a shot. Washington has a chance. With a minute 14, my man Carter, huge catch down the middle of the field. Then Terry McLaurin gets targeted. Did he catch the ball? Did he not catch the ball? I don't think it was a I don't think it was a catch. Didn't make a football move, although he did turn his body. Regardless, it goes the football team's way. Then Adam Humphreys, his one target and his one catch. Hey, it was a good catch, right? You'll take it. Moves the chains again. First down with a minute to go. Then on third and seven. What a crazy play on third and seven. Third, I mean, Taylor snaps. He looks right. He looks straight. He looks left. He looks straight. He runs right. He runs left. Then he throws it across his body to the right to J.D. McKissick, who catches it. Turns up field now. He needs seven for a first down. JD turns on the Jets, gets out of one tackle, and then man, do these does this team love the pylons or what? He sees the pylons and he's just he's going. He's going for it all the way. JD McKissick goes airborne, 
from about the four and a half or three and a half yard line into the end into the end zone for six. It's called a touchdown. It's reviewed. I don't think technically that could have been that should have been a touchdown because although the plane is around the world, the, the end zone, you, you've got to get something over the line inside the pylon, which they didn't do. But I'm not I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. After 30 years of cheering for this team, we'll take we'll take whatever garbage calls we can get. But regardless, it's a touchdown. Two point two point two point attempt again. No good. So now Atlanta gets the ball back with 33 seconds. Okay. Matt Ryan has done this before. He can do it again. It's Matt Ryan, right? It's not Taylor Heineke, who's very good and he's improving, but he's not Matt Ryan. 33 seconds to go. Long pass to Calvin Ridley. Timeout. Then a long run from Matt Ryan. And then Deron Payne with the play of the day, just sitting on the ball, wasting about 12 seconds. Game ends. Washington wins on the next spike, on the next play. The NFC East today. The NFC East today had three opponents from the NFC South. It was interesting. The Giants were at the Saints. Giants were winless at the Saints. They win 27-21. The Panthers were visiting the Cowboys. Cowboys are the best team, it looks like, in the division right now. Cowboys win 36-28. And then, obviously, Atlanta loses to Washington in Atlanta. So, three games, three wins for the NFC East. We'll take it. Philly was hosting Kansas City and and actually played pretty well, but ended up losing 42-30. So, there is some shuffling happening in the division at the moment, but overall, good day for the NFC East, right? Three of the teams were winners, all played at 1 o'clock. All the results are in the books. They looked okay. They looked okay. The division, that is. Going through some of these box scores now. All right. Taylor, 23 of 33, 290 yards and three touchdowns. It's a good day. Gibson, 14 for 63, averaging four yards a carry and a touchdown. Four and a half yards, sorry. Good day. You looked a little injured. You didn't play much, actually, down the stretch in the fourth quarter, so we'll check on that during uh, during this week. Taylor, obviously, had five carries, uh, 43 yards. A couple of them just huge chunk plays. Good for him. I mean, that, that's one of his things that he needs to be doing more of, to be very honest. McKissick looked okay. Seven, seven attempts, more than probably anybody wants to see him get as a running back, but fine. Patterson got a couple catches, uh, targets as well. But the receiving is really the story. McLaurin, six grabs on nine targets, 123 yards. Good for him. McKissick with five or 44. DeAndre Carter, obviously, we won 24 late in the fourth quarter. He looked really good doing it right across the middle. Curtis Samuel, welcome back, Curtis Samuel. Welcome to the football team, Curtis Samuel, right? Four grabs for 19, and again, two of those were on third down, and one of them was on fourth down. So without him, the chains don't keep moving. Ricky Seals came in to spell uh, Logan Thomas. He didn't play very well. You know, there's a reason why he's not your starting tight end. So we'll see what happens again over the course of the next couple of days. Deami Brown had a nice a nice grab that um, uh, there was a penalty on the play, but it, it was it, it stood. I mean, Deami Brown with a nice grab for 19 yards. And then defensively, a little bit more balance. And I talked about this last week on the postgame show. We needed to see balance on the defensive side of the ball. They got a little bit more balance today. Right? The one sack went to Montez Sweat. One sack, one assist. 
one tackle, one assist for a sack. It was uh, he's the only one. Although Chase was there, and I'm surprised he didn't get a half on it. Uh, Landon Collins five uh, five tackles. Uh, Bobby McLean five. Cole four. Jonathan Allen three. Cameron Curl three. Chase Young three with the one assist. You know, William Jackson three. Kendall Fuller three. Just a lot more balance. Last week it was a whole lot of Cole Holcomb. A lot. I think he had twelve to lead the team, and the next highest was like seven. So the defense did play better. They did play better. But not good enough to challenge for the division. If we're being honest, not good enough. They're not better than the Cowboys. That's really painful to say, but that's the truth. Matt Ryan, 283 yards, four touchdowns. Again, it felt like a lot of that was in the first quarter or first half. Cordero Patterson just killing him. Six for 34 as a running back, another five for 82 with three touchdowns as a receiver. He just looked really good. Kyle Pitts, he didn't get like fully right, but four for 50, I think, any fantasy owners. But in real life, he looked better than he has in the, in the past couple of weeks. You know, Tajay Sharp, I haven't seen that name in a couple seasons. I didn't even know he was still in the league, to be honest. But, you know, they they played okay. They played okay. This is a team that they had to beat. We, we, I've said that at nauseum so far today. I mean, they, they had to beat this team, and they did it. They had to go to Atlanta and win. Because the schedule doesn't get any easier. Like, there's no easy games in the NFL, right? There's, there's no easy games. But the Saints got beat by the Giants in New Orleans. You think they're going to be ready to play next week in D.C.? I think so. I think Sean Payton's going to have them ready to go. I think Washington needs to be prepared for an angry Saints team coming into, into D.C. next week. Then we're home for the Chiefs. Chiefs didn't look amazing. I haven't. I didn't watch all the game, the the early game today against the Eagles. We'll go back. And I'll go back. And I watch everything, so I'll go back and watch it. But the Chiefs are the Chiefs. We have no business beating the Chiefs right now. We have no business beating the Packers, and frankly, we have no business beating the Broncos either. So looking forward, you know, looking at these next four, I don't know how they're going to go two and two. I mean, you you tell me which two of these are winnable. I mean, the the Saints are the next game, and they're the most winnable and then after that maybe the Packers maybe Washington has a lot that they need to they need to figure out you know the offense looked better and I think today it looked better because Heineke made it a point to run when given space to run the defense looked pedestrian not not elite not really average either if we're being honest again Saints have some weapons Taysom Hill had a really nice touchdown today, carrying like four or five defenders into the end zone. He's, I mean, they're going to have their work cut out for them. There's no easy games. There's no easy games. We knew this at the start of the season. I don't know how you can beat the Saints unless the defense shows up. I mean, Jameis is susceptible to, to making mistakes, so you have to force him into making mistakes. Tim Settle, Matt Ioannidis, Deron Payne, those guys have to get home. Chase Young has to show that he's Chase Young. I mean, he, he has to do something. He has to do something because I, I feel like the fan base is quickly souring on Chase. There's a lot of just sound bites of Chase. Just, just a lot of empty words. You tell me who, you know, who, who's, who's slacking off and I'm not going to take any of this. Well, it's not that anyone's slacking off. Maybe there's just a bigger problem here. Maybe. What do I know? I'm just a fan. I'm just a guy talking into the micro, talking into a microphone for whoever wants to listen. That's all I know. Team's got some work to do. I mean, the fans, again, I'm sitting here 
We're two and two. And I feel like we're one and three with low confidence. And they have to address. This team must address kicking. Razzle gave me such a hard time after that Giants win because I led the show making it about Hopkins. Two weeks later, we're back. I'm making it about Hopkins. Special teams may not win you many games, but man, can they cost you a ton if you don't know what you're doing. And he just doesn't seem to have confidence. You can't keep missing to the right. These are extra points. These aren't like 50 or 60 yard attempts. These are extra points. You've got to make these. You've got to make these. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Every week, you know, most of these teams, the Washington football team included, most of them are one injury away from having a completely different season. And, and you could say that about pretty much, right, if the Chiefs lose, lose Mahomes, their, their season trajectory is totally different, right? If the Packers lose Rodgers, totally different season trajectory. Well, Washington lost Ryan Fitzpatrick. And it, it, this pains me to say because I, I do I do believe in Ryan and I'm more on the Fitz magic side of the equation than the, the, the Fitz tragic. But I think the trajectory of the season changed for this team as well. I think Taylor gives them something that they don't get from Ryan. There's a little bit of, un, you know, it's, he's not predictable in a good way or a bad way. He's just not. But he can't do it by himself. They look better today. They get the win. They improve to two and two. We'll take it. But what happens from here? Right? That's the big question. Where do we go from here? What happens next? What happens next? It'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see. You know, for those that are commenting, I see all your comments. There's a lot of people that are just giving me a thumbs up. Yeah, okay. You know, there's a couple comments coming through that are saying, yeah, well, if, if the team plays like this every game for the rest of the season, they win three more games. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. That's my man Charles at C2323. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. They beat an average team today. They beat a team that is equally average, equally, I guess, yeah, average today. And it'll be interesting to see if they can continue it. Washington should be better than this. Curtis Samuel coming back helps this offense. Now, hopefully they get Logan as they can keep the rest of their pieces healthy as well. I mean, you need them all. And hopefully that's what happens. But we'll see. It'll be interesting to see how Ron addresses the team and the media after this game. It'll be really interesting to hear him on Tuesday when he does his, uh, his local radio hit, how he addresses the media as well. Right? He, he wanted everyone to improve. That was his big message, right? And we played the soundbite. We reacted to it. He wanted everybody to improve. Well, offensively, they improved, right? 34 points is more than what they've been averaging, right? 21, 22 or so. So the, the offense is improving. Is the defense? I don't know if you can say that they're improving. And again, frankly, the first touchdown to Cordero Patterson, that 40-yard duck that Matt Ryan threw, that shouldn't have been a touchdown. I mean, that's not okay. To give up that many touchdowns on third down in particular, third down in particular, super painful. Super painful. But for now, we enjoy it. We put a bow on it. This week is over. Tomorrow we can start thinking about the Saints. But for the rest of today, there's a couple really good 4 o'clock games. 
And there's one really, really interesting game that I don't think will be that good ultimately, but it will be interesting, at least the first quarter, tonight when Brady revisits or, or uh, travels back to New England. I don't think it's going to be close. I don't think it'll be a good game. But the storylines are, are intriguing enough that I think everyone's going to tune in probably for a quarter or two, and then when it's out of reach, it's done. So we'll see. If you're a Washington football team fan, take a deep breath. Maybe pour yourself a cocktail. Get your dinner. You know, it's closing in on almost 6 o'clock on the East Coast. Get some dinner. Just relax. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. The painful part is over. And now we can just breathe. My name is Joe. This has been Defeating the Curse, the Washington football team post-game show. Washington goes into Atlanta, gets the win, and gets to come home and face the Saints next week. We will be there. We will be covering the game. Very excited to get back out to FedEx Field. To everyone listening to the show for the first time, you can find this episode along with all 225-ish or so episodes of this podcast on Amazon, on Twitter, on Spotify, on Google, on TuneIn, everywhere. Everywhere and anywhere you get your podcasts, you will find this show. Just search for Defeating the Curse or DTC. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. Again, Washington wins. Let's go enjoy the rest of our Sundays. Until next time, I am out.